Hey, happy weekend, Christ community. You guys doing all right? Great to see you. Um, yeah, woohoo! Snowed so like this weekend. So like we're all super excited about that. Good to see you if you're here in person. Um, those of you who are with us online, I'm really good to be together. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm really excited that we get to spend time together this weekend. So thanks for being part of this. Hey, if you're new, newer, and you're at this worship service or you're with us again online, um, we'd love the chance to meet you if we haven't met you yet. So for those of you in the room, probably the easiest way to do that, there's a QR code on the seat back in front of you and you can just shoot that with the camera app on your phone and that'll take you to our digital connect card. Um, you can fill that out and just hit send on that and give us a chance to get in touch with you that way. Or if you'd like, we, you can stop on your way out of here at the welcome desk and um, meet one of our great people that would um, love to get to know you a little bit. And point of that for you is just we'd love to be able to put a name of the face and if there's any way we could help you, pray for you, connect with you. And same for you online, you get our digital connect card and uh, that'll take you to that same card and you hit send on that and it'll give us a way to contact you. And again, we'd love to pray for you, help you any way that we can um, serve you. So thanks for helping us get to know you a little bit and I'm excited about that. I'm glad you're here this weekend. Uh, we're in the third week of this series that we've called For the Win. And this whole series is for people who need a win in their lives. And we started this series on Easter weekend because that is the greatest victory of all. You know, Jesus' victory over death. And the really good news about Easter weekend and Jesus' victory over death is that he's willing to give his victory to people like you and me. And so we've grabbed this Bible verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. This is really our theme verse for this whole series, and just kind of as a statement of gratitude, thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're in this series, we're just each week, we're being grateful to God for the victory that he gives to us, the first one being life over death. And that was a long conversation about eternal life, about what God has given to us for our future. Death feels so final to us, and it is not final, it does not have to be final, God gives us victory through Jesus. And, and this week we're gonna talk about, because that victory of, of life over death, that plays out in our everyday lives as well. And so this weekend what we wanna talk about is how God is willing to give us the victory of peace over anxiety in our lives. Um, United States, by all statistical measure, measurements, United States, we're the most anxious country in the world. We spend more money, on anti-anxiety stuff, we spend in pursuits of different things and counsel, we spend more money on those kinds of things, we report at higher rates than anybody else. Like we, we are the most anxious country in the world and that spills out, like a, that's a bunch of us but it spills, boils right down to our everyday lives and people like you and me struggle with anxiety in our lives. And so, so as we talk about this, I wanted to start by just kind of giving us a description of anxiety. Last week we talked about fear and I had a definition for you, but this week we wanna just kinda of do more of a little description because anxiety is this big word in our culture and so it really kinda of starts on the one end with just a sense of uneasiness. We just, on the inside I just feel uneasy about things or I feel nervous about something, I'm concerned about this. We might use those kinds of words and there are probably a bunch of other words we could put in the middle and then you get to the far side of anxiety and you have words about like, I am really worried. Like I'm worried about this, I am in distress. And I think probably the heaviest word on there is, is just that sense of, of foreboding or dread. Dread, that that anxiety is like, it, it encompasses this whole great big spectrum and it, and it feels different in our lives. 
And so I was doing some reading this week in preparation for our time together this week, and I came across this quote from a book by a lady named Jessica Thompson, and the book's title is How to Help Your Anxious Teen. And this little quote is it's kind of towards the farther end of what anxiety is like, what anxiety is like, like in a person's life. And it's towards the farther side of that expression, she writes this, she says, anxiety feels like a weight. It's been described as the feeling of tripping, that moment when you don't know whether you're gonna catch yourself, that's how you feel all day long. Or when you tap your pocket to get your wallet and it's not in there. You feel that every moment of every day. Or like when you see cop lights in your review and you know you did something worthy to get a ticket. And coming down from an anxiety attack is like the cop flying past you. Your heart's still racing, you're kind of shaky, sweaty, but it's in the back of your head for the rest of the day. So this is a serious thing, and if, you, if you're a person who has anxiety in their life, you know it's a serious thing, just we started talking about this. If you're a person who doesn't experience this or doesn't experience it very often, it's, still, it's a very serious thing for us. So I'm not a mental health professional, and I know about anxiety, I know that it is an everyday word, and I also know that it is a mental health term. And so because of that, and because this is such a broad spectrum, I wanna say something about that I think this is important for us to recognize. So the Bible talks about anxiety and being anxious, and it talks about it from several different standpoints. It talks about it from the standpoint of being unnecessarily worried all the way to feeling anxious about legitimate concerns in your life. It talks about the extremes from being anxious about what clothes I'm gonna wear all the way to I am concerned for my life. People in the Bible who are feeling anxious have experiences like being awake at night, enduring prolonged periods of crying, feeling like their heart is gonna burst within them, even having thoughts about wanting to die. And I wanted you to know that when the Bible speaks about anxiety from, from that long, that big perspective, and the people in the Bible who struggle with anxiety, like they have the real things, I wanted you to know that because my experience over the years when talking about anxiety, there are really, there are three lies that we hear in our heart and our mind, and if we believe them, they're really detrimental in conversations like this. So these three lies, the first one that, that you might hear as we talk about this is you, my worries are small, and God has more important things to do. He's watching out for all the people, seven, eight billion people on our planet, and my worries are this little, I got these little worries over here. And you kind of look at what you're concerned about or what you're anxious about or even what you're dreading. And, and you wanna push that down and dismiss that and say, my worries are little. God, God, God has more important things to do. That's, that's the first lie. The second lie is my worries are silly. If these, are, these are not legitimate concerns. These are not things I should I know I'm not supposed to be worried and here I am worried and I shouldn't be doing this and so my worries are silly and I should just stop worrying. You're kind of dismissing what you're feeling because you're looking at it and you're just like, hey, so we're just gonna, if I could just shove it down and I should just stop. That's, that's another lie we believe. And then the third lie that we believe is I have mental health issues and so the Bible when it talks about anxiety, about being anxious, it's not talking about that. And, and the reason I point that out is because like, I've had conversations with people in and around conversations like this one where these three things come out, and I, and I need you to know that if you're, if you're hearing or thinking through this, one of the things that we know from the Bible and we know from our own experience, you have an enemy of your soul, and his, his goal 
is to steal, kill, and destroy. So if, if he could get you to believe one of these little lies in a moment like this, he can keep you wrapped up in anxiety where your life, your enjoyment, your future, your hope will be stolen, pushed down, and, and destroyed. But Jesus came so that people like you and me can have life and we can have it to the fullest extent. And, and so we wanna expose these lies that, that pop up in our hearts and minds when we have these kinds of conversations so that we could receive the kind of victory that God wants to give to us. So Peter, ancient follower of Jesus, one of the first of Jesus' followers, he makes this little statement, and it's recorded for us in 1 Peter chapter five. He wrote this about 30 years after Jesus died on the cross, rose again, went back to heaven. So when he writes these words, he's now, he's now writing as a guy who has maturity, he's experienced life, he's got spiritual maturity, and he's writing to a group of people who many of them were being persecuted for and because of their faith in Jesus, and so they were facing physical, emotional, relational persecution. People were on them and after them because of their faith in Jesus, and then that was a chunk of his audience, and another chunk of his audience they knew what was happening with their friends and they were on the edge and wondering and worrying about whether this was coming for them. And so, so he's writing to this group of people who've got real things going on in their lives and, and on the edge of things that may or may not come that would be really uncomfortable and really difficult. And he makes this little statement. This is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. He says this. He says, cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. So, so when you're in the midst of difficulty and suffering or when you're, when you're facing it and you're wondering whether it's gonna come, like what the tension, the anxieties that that produces in your life, you cast all of that on God because he cares for you. And I think there's two things that you gotta grab onto in this little statement here. The first is he says, all your anxieties. Cast all your anxieties on God. And so for me, that's like, okay, so that, that includes the ones that I think are maybe too small for him. This, these are ones maybe they're small enough I could handle myself or he's got eight billion people to take care of, and so I'm not gonna bother him with these. We're, we're told to cat, like those little ones that seem too small for God, and those ones that we think we shouldn't be worrying about anyway, and these are too silly, and I don't wanna, and the mental health ones. Like that whole gamut casts all your anxieties on God because, because he cares for you. That is, that is a very personal statement. He cares for you. Yeah, there's eight billion people in the planet and God is this eternal, unlimited God. He can care for each one of us and it doesn't tax him and it doesn't push him to his end. He cares for you. It starts with his care, starts with his love for you, that he loves you and he sacrificially loves you and he cares about you and he expresses his love and his care about you by caring for you. And so you have this eternal, all-powerful God who who raised Jesus from the dead, who, who is saying to you through the words of the scripture, cast all your anxieties on me because I care for you. And so you and I have this wonderful opportunity. We have this invitation. We actually have, we have permission from God to cast our cares on him, all of them. So how do we do that? So let me take you to this is Philippians, and if you've, if you've, had, if you've been in church and we've talked about anxiety before at any church, this, this verse always comes up because this is probably 
the clearest and most helpful statement in the whole thick scriptures about how we deal with anxiety in our lives. The little stuff, the stuff that you're kind of maybe embarrassed that you worry about, and the stuff all the way to the, to the end of the gamut. Here's, here's how we do this. In Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven, the apostle Paul writes these words. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It starts out with a statement, don't be anxious. And, it, and it's actually like, it's, it's, it's like the command. It, looking at people and saying, hey, don't be anxious. Now, you have to know, you have to know. Because like, whenever you're feeling something and somebody just looks at you and says, hey, don't feel that way, how do you feel about that? <laughs> that doesn't help at all, does it? So, so this is not that kind of a statement. You could, you could read it as a pat on the head and hey, stop that, but that's, that's, not, that's not this kind of statement. This is a, this is a pastoral statement. This is, this is a guy who has been there and has learned some things and who has felt the kind of stuff and, and looking at people like you and me who are experiencing anxiety and saying, hey, there's a different way. There's a different way. Don't be anxious. Here's the different way. The guy who wrote those statements, those words, don't be anxious, elsewhere he wrote this, and I just thought you need to say this, you need to hear this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses eight and nine, he says this, he says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. So we've been through some stuff. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. So we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And so again, the guy who's writing these words, the Apostle Paul, he, he's, he's been through some stuff. He's experienced some stuff. He's had the emotional side of all of that. He knows what anxiety looks and feels like in his life, and he has walked with the Lord. He knows the Lord and walking with the Lord in and through anxiety. And so for people like you and me who are in the thick of it, he looks at us and he makes that statement. We'll just go back to that verse. He says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so, again, I think we've got to see that in, in every situation. Don't be anxious about anything in every situation. You get those big, broad words again. In every situation. The ones that you think are too small, the ones you think are too silly, the ones that you say, well, this is mental health stuff. In all those situations, in all those situations, let your requests be made known to God. Like, in all these circumstances, God does these things for you and, and he cares for you. And because he cares for you, he gives you this great invitation. And so looking through this verse, he uses this idea, he talks about four different ways he talks about prayer, like he used four different words to talk about prayer, so emphasis on prayer in this verse. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation. And so let's just start with that word prayer. Our definition as a church, we hold on to this, our definition of prayer is talking with my heavenly father. It's just a good biblical definition, that's what prayer is. You have a heavenly father who sees you, knows you, hears you, loves you, cares about you, invites you into relationship with him, wants to engage with you. And one of the primary ways we do that is through prayer, not just talking to him or at him, 
but talking with him. He communicates with us in prayer too, and so talking with my heavenly father. And so by prayer, and then he uses the word petition, and petition is like, it's earnest and urgent asking. This is important to me, and and it's impacting me, and I am feeling anxious about in every situation where I've got anxiety stirred up in my life. If, if, If anxiety is stirred up in your life, that anxiety itself and the underlying situation, like if you're feeling stuff, this is important to you. And you have the divine invitation and encouragement to to bring this before the Lord with, with earnestness and with a sense of urgency in the way that you ask him. You, you don't get in trouble for how you talk to God. And, I don't know if you knew that about prayer. Sometimes we can get so concerned about doing it right that we don't do it. You're not gonna get in trouble for how you talk to God when something is going on that has you on fire inside. Like You can bring that earnestness and that urgency before the Lord with prayer, petition, and then thanksgiving. And that's just the expression of gratitude. This This is a really interesting little piece to put in about praying for relief from our anxiety, don't be anxious about anything, prayer, petition, sense of urgency with thanksgiving. And you, know, you, might have, you might have heard somebody talking about this and sometimes people say, well, you've gotta learn how to be thankful for the circumstances. I don't think he says that. I, if, you don't have to be thankful for your anxiety. I don't think you have to be thankful for the stuff that's causing anxiety in your life. I think you can be thankful that you have a heavenly father who invites you into circumstances. I think you'd be thankful for the other things that are going on in your life that, that aren't having you all, stir, that maybe have you stirred up with like, I'm so glad that this is going well, my work's good, my kids are healthy, I, you know, whatever it is, family situation. You could, you could be thankful for the other stuff. I don't think you have to develop the ability to be thankful for the trial that you're in in order to receive God's willingness to come to rescue you in that trial. So in every situation, prayer, with petition, earnestness, urgent asking, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And you get to tell God what you need. That's, that's what a request is. A request is like, I get to tell God what I need. And, and what you need in the moment when that anxiety is stirred up within you, what do you need in that? You need, you need peace, right? You need, you need peace and you can tell God what you need about the situation if you know what the circumstances are that have you, that have you stirred up, or you could just tell him, this, this is best I know. This is what I need. And the beauty of all this, what we know about prayer, other teachings in the Bible, God already knows what you need before you ever ask him for it. So this is you coming to him in a posture of humility and dependence and relationship and saying, hey, you are, you are God. You are the God who raises the dead. And I am on a path that does not lead to the kind of life you're giving me. And so I need you to step in and intervene on my behalf. And I'm really grateful that, there's a, that you are a God who invites me in. And so with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, we get to make these requests from, to, to God. And then what happens for us, what happens for us is we get to receive from him peace. That's his promise in, in this in this verse that if we will give him peace, if we will give him what is making, making us anxious, he will give back to us his peace. And, and he says it's the peace of God that passes all understanding. I love when Jesus was towards the end of his life and he was preparing his followers 
for his crucifixion, what they were gonna see and endure, and, and then ultimately for his resurrection, he's in a room with them and he, just, he, he makes him promise. He says, hey, um, my peace I give to you. Like, I'm giving you my peace. And he, and he distinguishes it. He says, not as the world gives it. Not like you're gonna find in the culture, not like you're gonna find anywhere else. I'm giving my peace to you. And, and it is peace that passes all understanding. So you don't have to understand it. I, I take great joy in that. Like, I don't have to understand why in the middle of this kind of circumstance, why I was feeling this a moment ago, and now I'm all right. Like, because I'm at peace now because the all-powerful God, the God who raises the dead, Jesus who has won the victory over, over death, also won the victory over anxiety, and he's speaking his peace into my life. The peace of God will guard your heart and mind. And that, that guarding your heart and mind, it's the guard word, it's actually a military word. Like, on guard duty, the peace of God will be on guard in your heart and your mind where all that anxiousness resides, it will be on guard in your heart and in your mind. So when I think about God on guard for his people, two stories in the Bible that come to my mind. The first one is in Exodus chapter 14. So Exodus is the second book of the Bible, and God's people are being rescued from slavery in Egypt to Pharaoh and to leadership of the ancient nation of Egypt. He's rescuing them from slavery, and he's walking them out in freedom. And so that's where the, the 10 plagues and, and the Passover, which we have the New Testament version of communion, like that all comes out of that story. And so God has, he has rescued through the, those 10 plagues, he's rescued his nation, they've left the nation of Egypt and they are on the edge of the Red Sea and they got water in front of them and Pharaoh has changed his mind about letting them go. And so Pharaoh, who's the most powerful ruler of the ancient world at that time, has the biggest, strongest army, musters his troops, brings his chariots, and, and comes to the edge of the camp of God's people. And by all appearances, they're gonna be overwhelmed and overrun and destroyed or taken back into captivity by the army of Egypt. And what God does for them, this is, this is God guarding his people, what God does for them is God became a wall of fire and he got in between his people, and what was causing them their anxiety. And God inserted himself in between his people and what was stirring them up. And so when I'm experiencing anxiousness in my life and anxiety in my life, that for me is a really important picture of God on guard. Like the peace which comes from God, which passes all understanding, he, he sometimes will insert himself between me and and my anxiousness, it just, just comes right in the middle of that. The other, the other one, the other picture from the Old Testament of God guarding his people is in 2 Kings chapter six. Through a variety of events, one of God's people and one of God's prophets, and that prophet's servant, a, a marauding army was angry with them. And that army surrounded their home. And it was about a 25-acre plot of ground. And so it didn't take a great big army, but, but the army had totally surrounded them during the night. And when they woke up in the morning, 
servant went outside and saw this group, this enemy, totally, totally had them surrounded. And they were intent on, the enemy was intent on destroying the prophet and his servant. And so the servant sees the enemy that has them surrounded and says to his master, the prophet, he says, we're doomed, right, we're doomed. This, they've got us. There is nowhere to run, there is nowhere to hide, there is no escape, they, they have us surrounded. And the prophet says, oh, there's more on our side than there are on their side. And the servant, he had to be looking around, right? Because it's like, okay, so it's me and the prophet, that's two, and they've got an army that's got 25 acres surround. And then the prophet just says, Lord, open his eyes so that he could see. And when God opens that servant's eyes, what he's able to see in that moment was the the army that had them surrounded and around that army was supernatural angelic beings on chariots of fire that had that army surrounded. And so sometimes God guards his people by inserting himself in between us and what it is we need to be protected from. And sometimes he guards his people by whatever's got you surrounded, God has that surrounded. And, and so you and I have this this beautiful and amazing promise that if, if we will pray with gratitude, just so we don't mess it up, we pray with gratitude. How simple is that to remember? If we will pray with gratitude, what God will do for us is his peace will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. For those of us who are believers in Jesus, all this stuff comes to us through Jesus. He is the one who has won the victory over, over death and he gives us life and anxiety, if you want to hang on to that or if you just want to live in it or if you just want to try to take care of it and deal with it yourself, like it is gonna walk you down the wrong path. That's no way to live. And this Jesus who's won the victory over death has also won the victory over your anxiety and as you're trusting him, he will guard you. The peace which comes from God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And as I talk about these things, one of the things that, that Maybe one of my own objections is this feels too simple. Right, this feels too simple. Anxiety's a complicated thing. It starts over here with just I feel a little bit nervous and it ends all the way over here with I have dread and it's over here with this is just the thing I, you know, kind of pops up when things are bad in my life and over here with like I have mental health issues. Like it's, it's this whole great big thing. And, and to just, to say like, you'd be really prayer with gratitude will speak into and over all of that, that feels too simple. It isn't complicated, but it's hard. I'm gonna agree with you that this is simple. It's not complicated, but it's hard. It's hard because you're in my natural bent when our anxiety flares up, when things are stirred up within us is we wanna take care of it, we wanna deal with it ourselves. And so our natural bent is to, to try to deal with these things ourselves, to try to suffer through them, or to, and, and on top of your natural bent, like your body chemistry, it conspires against you too, like, and, and to, to stop the way we've always dealt with this, to stop the way you've always dealt with it and become a person who prays with gratitude and receives the peace that God wants to give to you, it's, that's, that's simple, but it's hard. And, and so offering you this, you, there's a different way. 
And, and if you've got mental health, like, keeps, like this is, this is, keep seeing your, keep seeing your mental health professional, and if they're recommending medicine for you, like, keep taking the medicine for you. Just don't look at this and go, oh, that's, that's too simple, and chuck it. This is, this is not complicated, but it's hard, and, and this is the all-powerful God who is willing to engage with and speak into all your anxieties because he cares for you. And so to reorient your strategy and to, to maybe reshift where you place your primary trust in how you deal with the stuff that spurs up in your life, this is, this is simple, but it's hard to, to become a person who prays with gratitude, tells God what I need with gratitude so that his peace will walk guard duty around my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. But if you will reorient the way you approach your anxiety, if you will rethink about God's relationship with you as it relates to this part of your life, it, it will be transformative for you. I wanna end all this showing you a couple of verses from the Psalms. And I've encountered these over the last several months just in my daily Bible reading. And I love the images. And, and each one of these statements flows from a person who was in some kind of distress and they're talking to God about what they need and about what he's giving to them and the impact that that's having on their life. So this first one, and maybe one of these will resonate with you as you, as you walk out of here this weekend and, and as you continue to fight your battle with anxiety and changing your strategy to be a person who prays with gratitude. So the first one is from Psalm 52. Verse eight, the psalmist says, all the mess, all the mess, but I am like an olive tree thriving in the house of God. I love that thriving word. I'm like an olive tree thriving, and not on my own, not somewhere else, but in the house of God, because I'm being cared for by one who really cares for me. I'm like an olive tree thriving in the house of God. A little later in Psalm, Psalm 91, I find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. The Almighty God, isn't that a great, like that's just a great statement about who God is, the Almighty God. I find rest. And when you take that rest word and lay it against those other words in the description of anxiety from from feeling uncertain all the way to feeling dread. Rest, find rest in the shadow of the Almighty when the, the heat of, of what's making you anxious or just the, what you're feeling is just beating on you. There's a place of rest for you. I find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And then that last one, Psalmist, with, again, with all the stuff, and it feels like they're losing. Feels like he's losing, feels like, it's like everyone and everything has conspired against him and there's no hope and, and he engages with the Lord. Again, that very simple thing, <laughs> prayer with gratitude, engages with the Lord and, and the result of that, I hear you say, because prayer is talking with my heavenly Father, I hear you say, I will give you victory. And so you and I don't have to, like we don't have to engage, we don't have to live under the, the thumb or under the weight 
of anxiety in our lives. We don't have to, we don't have to live like we're tripping and falling and don't know if we're gonna catch ourselves, feeling that all day. You don't, have to, you don't have to live with the uncertainty. You don't have to feel the stress, with the worry, the fear, the dread. You don't have to live with all of that. Your heavenly Father, who loves you and who cares for you, has invited you to cast all your cares on him. And as you do that, he says back to you, I will give you the victory. And people like you and me, as we receive this victory that comes from him, it takes me back to that verse we started this whole series with. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So could we finish our time together just with a little prayer? Would you guys bow your head and close your eyes with me? So we wrap this up. Maybe we, just each one of us in the quietness of our heart and our mind, maybe it's for the first time and maybe it's again. Let's just be people who pray with gratitude. So I'm gonna give you a couple phrases here and you just take them. I'll give you a little quiet space. But my heavenly Father, thank you for caring for me. Right now, this is weighing on me. And you tell him about your weight. So I'm asking you to speak into this anxiousness, this anxiety. to speak your peace and to speak your victory into my life. Thank you for coming to my rescue. Thank you for this victory. And together, Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. God's people say, amen. So thank you for being part of this worship service today. It's really been good to be with you. Um, I'm grateful you're here, grateful you got to be part of it. Those, those of you who are online, if you need somebody to pray for you, if you'd click that prayer button, um, we'll be in touch and we'd love the opportunity to pray for you. For those of you here in the room, uh, we have a prayer team that will be down front and it could be something that we talked about today, it could be something that is, you just brought in with you, they would love to pray with you, pray for you in the next few minutes. Um, that'd be a privilege that we get to do that with you. So. Thanks for being part of Christ Community Church. I hope you guys have a great rest of the weekend. I love you. Look forward to seeing you next week.